Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night on what's going to be a very, very important show. So if you're watching on social media, make sure you're liking, following, um, whatever, sharing, (laughs) commenting, most importantly, uh, commenting and sharing. John Solomon's going to join us at 8.30 tonight. The great John Solomon, founder and CEO of Just the News, who, of course, we have partnered with here at Real America's Voice. And we will be discussing many things. For, uh, most of all, right there, State Department officials told that they broke the law by monitoring Americans during Ukraine scandal. We'll talk about that. A lot of monitoring going on of American citizens. And if you're, if you're an American citizen working hard every day to keep food on the table and get by, these stories should really make you think we, this is like Banana Republic stuff that's going on. And the more you learn about it, the more you learn of the arrogance of these people, all of them, thinking they're, you know, I almost get the impression that they all think they're like, a, in, a, in, a, like in a movie, like they're playing war games, mm-hmm. and they just feel like, well, we're never going to get caught, and if we do, we're never going to get in trouble, and we'll, we'll just, like they're all playing spies. Right. Like what happened with Comey last week. Somehow, somehow, the head of the FBI had no idea what he did for two years. Amazing. <laughs> he nothing. called in sick those two years. Yeah, he had nothing. Yeah, he was out to lunch, yeah, like I said. Sure. I mean, every day, I have no idea. But the more you learn about this, and I've been doing this show now since 2016, 17, into that election, 2016, end of, really end of 2015, I think it was. And um, we've talked about it all this time. And the more you learn about it, the more you know that a lot of what we talked about back then, we were right, that it went right to the top in the White House, that Obama knew, that Biden knew. We now know unequivocally that Susan Rice's CYA email to herself was just that. It was part of the cover-up, unequivocally part of the cover-up. The evidence is incontrovertible. We talked about this too, right? We need the evidence to be incontrovertible. And this way, the world will see it, and there will be no denying it. Well, not according to not according to John Brennan today. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. There's there's handwritten notes. There's video evidence. There's recordings. There's everything you need. There's unmessages. Everything you need. Conspiracy theory. How's that possible? And according to uh, John Brennan today, nice shirt by the way, Paul. Crazy Town looks good there in white. The Thank turtleneck. You. It looks nice. Um, according to John Brennan. Well, this is all just, it's all just politics. This is just all the way it goes down. And I'll play you his own words today on CNN. And shockingly, Jake Tapper didn't have a lot of pushback. He was more interested in getting to talk about the president. 
and his return to the White House. And, uh, you know, Jake's sharing photos of, uh, of himself <laughs> in the coffee room at CNN wearing a mask. Like, we're to believe. <laughs> I mean, what does that prove? That you that can take a, a picture with the mask on? No, that he's a tool. Mm-hmm. But this, this information that continues to come out, it just shows you, the, the, especially the State Department, because that happened in 2019 under a Trump administration and a Mike Pompeo sta- uh, Secretary of State. And you've got, as Paul always talks about, you have deep state players, you have this huge leviathan that's become this uh, government, with uh, tens of thousands of people in there, and a lot of them still don't like this president. And or, a lot of holdovers. Or, or they don't like him because they're afraid of what he could expose with clearing out a dirty DOJ, man. Probably more of that. But um, the more that comes out, here they are at the State Department, and they're surveilling. This is in 2019, not 2014, <laughs> not 2012, 13, 14, 15, Obama administration. This is the Trump administration. This is Mike Pompeo goes in April of 2018 into the sta- as Secretary of State. This is, this is under their noses that this is going on. And so it just shows you. They're surveilling people like John Solomon, people like Sean Hannity, people like Dan Bongino, people like Lou Dobbs. All the big, Laura Ingram, all the big conservative voices, and why are, they tar- why are they surveilling them illegally, which is what this article is about today? Because they're trying to get ahead of what they know is coming, and that's people like John Solomon reporting on Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and Burisma. Yeah. So they're monitoring these social media uh, accounts with some kind of software to try to get ahead of the story and get out there and basically lay, you know, landmines for all these people and try to push a different narrative that they knew was coming because of great reporting by people like John Solomon. And they knew that these were all the big conservative talking heads that were going to run with it. The truth, by the way, and they didn't want that. So Mr. Solomon's going to join us at 830, and we're going to talk about this. And we're also going to talk about what's going on with Radcliffe. And by the way, I want to just remind you, with 27 days left here, as I will try to use every second that we have before November 3rd, that one of the people smack dab in the middle of this is the guy who wants to be president, Joe Biden, in that Oval Office meeting on the 5th of January, unmasking Flynn's name on the 11th, I believe it was. I'm sure knowing that Susan Rice was going to write this cover your ass email that she wrote on the 20th on election day as Trump's getting sworn in. This guy's smack dab in the middle of it. He's the one who brought up the Logan Act to go after Flynn. And what we now know is he knew all of this about Hillary Clinton cooking up this scheme. For three and a half years, we've been going through Russia, 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 Russia. And now we know it was all Hillary Clinton made up. Everybody knew about it. Obama was briefed. Biden was briefed. Yep. And not only that, and I'll ask Mr. Solomon about this later, but they were trying to surveil Trump world through the back door, meaning John, um, John Brennan, as we found out today, has this, um, this fusion cell 
that's set up basically to kind of aid the crossfire hurricane investigation. And what is he doing? He's surveilling Russians and Ukrainians that he thinks might be in contact with Trump world. So he knows he can't surveil Trump, the kids, and everybody in Trump's world. So what does he do? He surveils what he thinks is going to be on the opposite end of the phone and says, well, we'll surveil the Ukrainians and the Russians and we'll incidentally collect American citizens. That'll be Trump and his people, hopefully, he's thinking, and we'll backdoor our way into it. So, I mean, you got to, I mean, this is like, Again, it's like Banana Republic stuff. These guys played loose and um, just dirty with all of this stuff, and they thought they were going to get away with it. Well, not not only dirty, it was highly illegal. Yeah, dirty. You know that that's it. that's the bottom line. Treasonous. Is that, yeah, they were purposely doing things they knew they weren't supposed to be doing. So, I, I mean, we can talk about it, but. You know, I think we're all at the point now. We get, we got to see some handcuffs. We got to see some, you know, we got to see some uh, doors getting knocked in and people getting dragged out being, okay, you know what? And I don't want to hear about the, oh, well, you know, it's going to look political. When will it not look political? It will always look political. And you know what? Throw them in jail and say, get a lawyer, and then you figure it out. But letting them sit back, jump on CNN throw like you were mentioning little landmines here and there and keep you know keeping the pipeline of information who who they have planted in this in this department or that department i think you got to cut them off at the head and start watching them squirm um a couple things we now know through everything that's come out so what basically what radcliffe de- uh, declassified today was john brennan's handwritten notes which basically brennan took after he briefed obama after he briefed obama now i've been saying that we need to get our hands, Congress should get our, their hands on, of course, this is when the Republicans had control of Congress, of course, they did nothing, shocker, that they should have asked, they should have subpoenaed the um, presidential daily briefings from 2015 and 16, and of course, all of this, well, I'm convinced, and I could be wrong, was in there, and if it wasn't in there, now we at least know he was absolutely briefed. He knew Hillary Clinton was behind it. Um, they basically signed off on it, and um, they basically revealed that officials referred the matter to the FBI for potential investigative action. And uh, they sat on it. Nothing was done. And not only that, but three, one of my questions for Mr. Uh, Solomon is going to be three and a half years. How is it we go three and a half years and no one mentions this intelligence? How? How is it possible? Think about Devin Nunes, how much he's been on top of this. Jim Jordan, all Tom the reporting. Fitton. Tom yeah. Fitton, John Solomon, uh, Sarah Carter. Patriots. All these people. Patriots. And for three and a half years, no one mentions this intelligence. And now we, now we know the director of the CIA, Gina Haspel, she's knee deep in it. Not in a good way, which is why she's trying to block all this from coming out. Not in a good way. She's as corrupt as it gets. I have a couple things on her today. But I mean, it's, it's absolutely stunning. And I, again, I want you to remember that the man, one of the guys in the middle of this is Joe Biden. Joe Biden did a town hall on NBC last night. It was a joke. I watched it 
trying to find material for crazy. And but I got so angry watching, I didn't even bother getting anything from it. You know why? Because he didn't get, he didn't get asked a damn question about China, about his son, about any of this stuff. You know what he talked about for most of it? Wearing the damn mask. That's all he talked about. And then he got he got questions from. <laughs> I got one thing out of it. A crazy town today. You're not going to believe this from undecided. It was not undecided voters. It was not undecided voters. They led with it like it was. They, um, they promoted it like it was. What's his name? The host there, whatever his name was, kept saying it as they came out of commercial. Hey, we're here with Joe Biden and undecided voters. It wasn't undecided voters, and I'll show you that. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And he's not asked about any of this. You think he's going to be asked about the January 5th meeting in the White House? You think he's going to be asked about why he unmasked General Flynn? Think he's going to be asked about all weaponizing the CIA, the FBI, and every damn intelligence agency like this administration did? We're supposed to be worried about Trump? That this part prior administration did more damage and was more dangerous playing games with the national security of the country and the, and, and the national and, and all of these agencies than anybody else could have been. And there's John Brennan today playing it. Oh, it's just politics. That's just politics. I didn't, re- you know, I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know if it was going to affect anybody. He says this. I didn't know if it was going to affect one party or the other, he says. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's just the political, uh, you know, things that happen in politics or in election uh, season. This is what he's telling us, this guy, as he runs to Jake Tapper. Why doesn't he run to um why doesn't he run to Mark Levin? Or somebody like that and get a damn Bongino and get asked some real damn questions about it. Of course not. He runs to Jake Tapper, who sits there like a mime. <laughs> Alright, live from Studio 6P, just getting started. Mr. Solomon joins us in 15 minutes. You do not want to miss this interview. Social media, stay with us. Make sure you share, like. Do all the things that Paul yells at me every night. You've seen us on Roku, Dish, Pluto TV, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Join Real America's Voice in these new markets. We're excited to be coming to a city near you. KRID Channel 22, Boise, Idaho. KPVM Channel 25, Las Vegas, Nevada. WBNA Channel 21, Louisville, Kentucky. Channel 113 is coming to Comcast, Chicago. Real news and honest views. Real America's Voice. All right, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. As you just saw there, I want to welcome in a lot of the new markets that have picked us up. Uh, KRID Channel 22, Boise, Idaho. Uh, KPVM Channel 25 in Southern Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, I think we should do some. Nice. I think I, yeah. may have to do, I may have to do some shows there in person. Yeah, I'll go with you. Oh, just yeah. you? I'm hey, there. take the whole crew. Come I'm on. There. Uh, it's just going to be me and Paul. The rest of you stiffs will stay here. Oh, Stiffs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> WBNA Channel 21 in Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome them as well. And then, of course, of Comcast in Chicago 113. They've... Um, They've, uh, well, maybe for them, unfortunately, already been exposed to us 
and now they can't get rid of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> Weeknights 8 to 10 here on Real America's Voice. And by the way, it's really, you got to, uh, Real America's Voice you can watch now from sunset to uh, sundown. Start with Steve Gruber at 6 a.m. Come on. Jeff Carrere, Steve Bannon, 10 to 12 with Raheem, Jack Maxey and the crew. And then um, 12 o'clock, you have got uh, Miranda Khan with News On from 12 to 1. <coughs> then you have um, America's Voice Live, Tudor Dixon and Steve Gruber, and Jessica Rivera sometimes as well, 1 to 3. And then Raheem's show, National Pulse, 3 to 4, which I did with him um, last week. I haven't heard from Raheem since I did the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you must have made quite an impression. He's <laughs> like, oh, God, what a mistake putting him on. Um, and then... Um, <laughs> what a mistake putting him on. <laughs> that's what he's thinking to himself. And then David Brody, four to five. I love David Brody. He's one of the best interviewers because he lets the guests talk, by the way. What a novel idea. Yeah. You should learn from that. I've jumped trying to. Uh, he's excellent. Four to five. And then Frank Gaffney, five, I think, to six. With uh, Saving America, I believe that's what it's called. I mean, the lineup is... He's like George Costanza over here. He knows the whole entire uh, TV guide. I do. I know the whole thing because I watch it all the time. People think I... I mean, I'm busy prepping for the show, but I have it on all the time. I watch all the shows. It's great. I got to be honest with you. I watch a lot, too. It's a great program. Raheem leads back into us. They rerun his show from 7 to 8, and then we're 8 to 10, and there's still more to come, by the way. I mean, come on. Just put it on all day in the background. Just have it on. Who wants to see me and Rick do a tinfoil hat show from like 11 <laughs> till 4 in the morning? <laughs> yeah, when we go out to Vegas, we'll go out to Area 51 and do it broadcast live. Yeah, from that there. sounds. That'll like, be fun. That sounds great. We'll right, get um, shot. Well, we were going to. So Paul has some news, but I do want to mention, as we were yeah. talking about in the break, how bad, how terrible I feel about Eddie Van Halen, one of the great. I mean, changed the way people looked. I mean, Gio, I, I'm interested to get Gio's thoughts, too, because he's a little younger guitar player. Gio, by the way, is fabulous on fabulous. guitar. Gio is outstanding. Outstanding. But, I mean, Eddie Van Halen, no one had ever heard anything like, like this. They, people couldn't, I mean, right? So when he, when he was finger tapping and doing these things and, and playing just, the way he played. And not just finger tapping. It was just an endless barrage. Like, the, they, every one of their songs had these incredible intros with him just creating some unique cool sound for my first concert i was uh 12 years old van halen fair warning yeah 12 years old i mean June just 22nd just an absolute prodigy changed the way people played guitar every guitar player wanted to be eddie van halen i mean just uh revolutionized the way people thought about guitar i mean and and I, you know, I used to hear people box him into like this, you know, this rock and roll guitar. I mean, he was a virtuoso. I mean, yeah, see, if you he, really understood yep. music and you understood what he was doing, you understood the, what he was playing. I mean, it was just, he was great. Gio, what are your thoughts on uh, the passing of Eddie Van Halen and, and growing up? I don't know. You, you were young. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, I think people were doing that tapping stuff uh, beforehand, but not quite on the level of him. And just the showmanship was just, I mean, you, you definitely knew him if you play guitar. And I, I got to say for sure, um, I wasn't the biggest Van Halen fan, but I definitely incorporate a lot of the techniques that he kind of pioneered, like all the, uh, you know, like the two-handed tapping stuff and just, you know, a lot of cool effects and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's not, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great guitar players, but you think about, 
there's not many artists who, when you think about, I mean, Eddie Van Halen, when you think about, Gio, what's the name, what's the solo there that so, was so famous eruption. that he always played? Eruption. Eruption, right? eruption. It's like eruption. It's like, it's also like, it's like Neil Peart when he used to play that solo in the middle of, uh, what was it, Limelight or something? Yeah, Tom Sawyer. No, not Tom Sawyer. He played that solo in the middle of, but it was just, there's not well, many. YYZ? Yeah, I think it's YYZ. YYZ, yeah. yeah that's Two of my favorite bands of all time. I mean, it's just one of those. Yeah, me too. It's one of those things you just associate with them. Um, and there's very few of them like that. I mean, he was just so sorry to hear. 65 years old, so young, so yeah. much more to give and play. That's probably. him playing Eruption right there, actually. Yeah. And he actually used to, from what I understand, because I never saw him live, but from what I understand, he used to also turn his back to the crowd when he was trying, when, when I That's guess he had some story. special things to get Keeping those sounds out. He didn't secret. want anybody else to know what, what he was doing, right? Yeah. That is, that is a true story. Before they were signed, I think the name of the band at that time was, um, oh, God darn it, it escapes me. But uh, that was right before David Lee Roth came to the band. And David Lee Roth joined that band from a rival band, Mammoth. That was what they were called. And then uh, David Lee Roth's like, what the hell are you doing? Show these guys how great you are. And he's like, not <laughs> until we get signed. And uh, But people did tap before, but it was nothing like that. I mean, nobody ever did it like that. Nothing like that. Yeah, but he would incorporate different things like drills and stuff like that, right? Yeah. He also uh, had more energy, I think, than any lead guitar player at the time. Yeah, he, he was flipping around, jumping. He was all over the stage. He was relentless. I saw Van Halen at New Haven Coliseum in New Haven, Connecticut. In, um, I don't know if it was the 1984. I don't know if it was the 84 tour, but I mean, just one of the best shows I've ever been to. And I think, was it who opened? I don't remember. But a tremendous. It's sad to hear. 65 years old. He was battling throat cancer, and I guess it moved to his brain and other organs, and it went downhill fast. And I saw his son, um, just to show you what a lover of music this guy was, he named his son Wolfgang, I'm assuming yeah. after Amadeus. That yep. um, was a sad post. He said, I can't believe I'm posting this, but my dad's gone. It was just sad. So, so thoughts and prayers out to him and to uh, the great Eddie Van Halen will definitely never be forgotten. So sad to hear that news. So, all right, let's do some news. Speaking of other news uh, with Mr. Nolan, what's going on, Mr. Nolan? Oh, it's quite a bit going on. Um, well, give me know, something. Give me one strong story here before Mr. Solomon joins us. All right, you know, let me give you a quickie then on something that the mainstream never reports on. Pope Francis has endorsed global communism in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, blaming capitalism for the damage caused by disastrous and unnecessary lockdown policies. He claimed in a statement that the magic theories of market capitalism that failed throughout the crisis and that they threw out the uh, other general bromides against the war as well. But one of the things he said was he wrote that globalism is the answer to the pandemic as national sovereignty prevents complete uniform obedience of the masses during a crisis. Kind of a strange thing to hear from some anybody who's about freedom. But um, he was quoted as saying, aside from different ways of various countries responded to the crisis, their inability to work together became evident. Anyone who thinks the only reason, the only lesson to be learned was to improve what we were already doing or refine existing systems and regulations is denying reality. He also went on to say is the fragility of the world system in the face of the pandemic has demonstrated that not everything can be resolved by market freedom. Um, I, I, dis, I disagree, uh, Pope yeah. Francis. Yeah. Disagree. Uh, yeah. So I figured that would be an interesting story because no one will ever talk about the Vatican or the Pope. Yeah. So I figured I'd throw it out there. 
anything uh, else? Or does it seem like you're at a loss for words? No, it's just yeah. it's, it's, it's disappointing you know, it's just, to me. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's hard to comment on because, you know, it's hard to comment on. All right, John Solomon coming up. If you're on social media, stay with us. We'll stay with you here during the second break. And then Mr. Solomon will join us here in a quick three minutes. If you're watching on Dish Network, Pluto TV, Comcast, or any of the new channels, Real America's Voice, we're back with Mr. Solomon right after this. on Roku, Dish, Pluto TV, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Join Real America's Voice in these new markets. We're excited to be coming to a city near you. KRID Channel 22, Boise, Idaho. KPVM Channel 25, Las Vegas, Nevada. WBNA Channel 21, Louisville, Kentucky. Channel 113 is coming to Comcast. Chicago, real news and honest views. Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night, 30 minutes past the hour. Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240. Glad you're in. Paul's going to have more news. Rick Delgado's coming up with what even is that. But right now, please welcome back to the show the CEO and editor-in-chief of Just the News. His latest book, of course, is Fallout. He was nice enough to come on then. He's nice enough to come back. Mr. John Solomon. Mr. Solomon, how are you? It is good to be with you, Damon. Congrats on the success of your show. Well, congrats on uh, everything at Justin News as well. Thank you very much for coming back on. And um, Glad to do it. You know, let me start with this, because people watching this show, a lot of them, I think, you know, they're working during the day. They come home, they want to get Justin News, and they look at what's going on right now with all the news this week that you guys have been reporting on, um, the declassifications from um, DNI Radcliffe, and they see basically now that we had an Obama administration – we have a Democrat party, their surrogates in the media, their surrogates in government, their surrogates in law schools that weaponized the CIA, the FBI, the NSA in an attempt to come after Donald Trump, the candidate, the transition, the president to remove him from office despite the vote, despite the Electoral College, despite the Constitution. If that's not tyranny, I mean, I don't know what is. Yeah, no, it, you, you said it just right, Damon. It's exactly what happened. You had a dirty trick that was hatched in Hillary Clinton's head and in, in the head of her advisors. She had a problem, right? When she was going into the election, she had this email scandal going on. She had the Clinton cash scandal that Peter Schweitzer's book had raised. Bill Clinton taking lots of Russian money when the um, uh, administration was trying to reboot Russian relations. She wants to get rid of it. So she starts a dirty trick and somehow she gets the CIA, the FBI to play along with it. And for three years, this country went through unnecessary turmoil called Russia collusion when none existed. Donald Trump didn't do anything to collude with Russia, uh, but they kept the uh, false narrative going with the help of the FBI, with the help of the uh, Justice Department, with the help of the CIA, and then with the special counsel, Robert Mueller. And it was all just a bogus, dirty trick, a false story from start to finish. And if that doesn't anger hardworking Americans to see their tax dollars, their time, all wasted on a bogus scandal. I don't know what does. Yeah, and the thing is, how the hell do we go three and a half years and no one's no yeah. one mentions the intelligence that they knew yeah. all of this and no one mentions it and we still, like you said, have to go through this for three and a half years. 
And listen, Gina Haspel, the CIA director, was trying to fight this release that came out today uh, right to the last minute. What did we learn today? We learned that at the very moment Christopher Steele walks into the FBI, he's the dossier author, the British spy turned Hillary Clinton opposition researcher. The moment he walks in there, the CIA picks up uh, evidence that Russia knows that Hillary Clinton has authorized this operation and that its goal is to plant a false story and to vilify Donald Trump, pretend he was connected to the hacking of the DNC so that they can take, put the attention on Donald Trump with a bogus story and take it off Hillary Clinton. The CIA knows it in early July 2016. By the end of July, Barack Obama gets briefed on it by CIA Director John Brennan. And by the beginning of September, the CIA is so concerned by what Hillary Clinton's team has been up to, they tell the FBI, you should investigate this. What does the FBI do? It puts it in a circular file called the trash basket, and it goes and does the Carter Page FISA warrants, and it keeps investigating Donald Trump on evidence that Hillary Clinton's team manufactured. Remarkable sequence of events now open for all the public to see. And um, cut... 20 there, G, whatever the cut was I gave you. Here's John Brennan. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but I'm going to play it for you. I have. Here's John Brennan today asked about it. Roll that, G. Well, John Radcliffe is anything but an intelligence professional. He, it is appalling, his selective declassification of information that clearly is designed to advance the political interests of Donald Trump and uh, Republicans who are aligned with him. But uh, these were my notes from the 2016 period when I briefed President Obama and the rest of the National Security Council team about what the Russians were up to. And I was giving examples of the type of access that the U.S. intelligence community had to Russia, Russian information and what the Russians were talking about and alleging. Now, if, in fact, what the Russians were alleging that Hillary was trying to highlight the reported uh, connections between Trump and the Russians, if, in fact, that was accurate, and that's a big if, there is nothing at all illegal about that. And so John Radcliffe and others are trying to portray this as potentially unlawful activity that deserved follow-up investigation by the FBI. No, it was a campaign activity. But again, I was giving examples to the president and others of the types of access we had. And I was blind to whether it referred to one candidate or the other. I was blind to whether it referred to one party or the other. So um, so all of this is basically just campaign events. This is just politics is basically what he's saying there. You say what? Well, listen, it wasn't politics. The dirty trick that Hillary Clinton seeded, the dossier, became the basis for spying on Carter Page and the Trump campaign for a full year. We infringed the civil liberties of Carter Page and other Americans on a false narrative that the CIA and the FBI knew from the beginning emanated from Hillary Clinton. And listen, we don't need the Russians. This is how the Democrats are going to play this in the next couple of days. Listen, we didn't know if it was true. The Russians thought it was true. Well, if you, if you didn't think it was true, you wouldn't have told Barack Obama. You wouldn't have made a criminal referral to the FBI. But here's the real dirty secret. The FBI already knew this was a Hillary Clinton dirty trick. How do we know that? Just a couple of months ago, Christopher Steele, the guy who wrote the dossier, the British spy who interfered in our election, he testified under oath in a British court that when he first met with the FBI, July 5th, 2016, and said, ta-da, here's my dossier, I think Donald Trump's a Russian spy. The first thing he told them was, this uh, operation I'm working on was approved by Hillary Clinton. It's being paid by Hillary Clinton. She, she's read into this. The FBI knew this was Hillary Clinton's people walking in a dirty trick, trying to turn the attention on Donald Trump. We also know it from another guy, the former general counsel of the FBI, 
James Baker said in testimony a year ago that doesn't get a lot of attention. We were being inundated by crap from the, he called it crap, crap coming in from the uh, Clinton campaign. They were dropping all these different things on Donald Trump, Russia, Donald Trump, Russia. He said what was going on was actually horrible. The FBI had never been abused this way by a political campaign. We know the FBI knew about this from the beginning. They chose to carry out an investigation based on false pretenses. That's where the criminality begins. You're right. Hillary Clinton playing a dirty trick doesn't necessarily account to a crime. Dirty tricks go on in politics all the time. The second the CIA and the FBI treat it as serious, when they know it's not, they abuse the tools of intelligence, they infringe the civil liberties of Americans, that's when it becomes criminal. And the biggest crime of all, they misled the FISA court. They went and got these warrants on false pretenses, and nobody, nobody doubts that anymore. Even the FISA court has said, we were misled by the FBI. And the other thing I want people to understand, and you correct me if I'm looking at this wrong, but when you look at Brennan's, this fusion cell that we find out about in these declassified notes, um, he's basically using that to collect incidentally. And what he's really doing is he's trying to come in the back door. He's saying, okay, let's, let's think who in the Trump campaign, who they could be talking to. Let's surveil those people and we'll back end finding out who on the Trump side is, is is what information we can find out. So they're trying to come through the back door with this, aren't they? They are. And that, that was a big revelation. Damon, you picked on something very important in this document today. If the CIA had a fusion cell, we know the majority of the information that the CIA got about Trump and Russia and Christopher Steele came from London, Great Britain. It didn't come from Russia. It came from London and Great Britain. Why is that significant? Who was the station chief? in London at the yeah. time. Gina the Haspel. Gina Haspel, the current CIA director, the woman that didn't want to give these documents up today. Yeah. I think the, the mention of the fusion cell today raises brand new questions. What did Gina Haspel know in London in the summer of 2016? What did she participate in with her friends in Great Britain, with the FBI and other people who were going over the London meeting, including Pete Strzok? We know he went to London in August of 2016. Gina Haspel has escaped having to answer any questions but she was sitting right in the middle of all of this crosstalk. Yeah. She owes the American people an explanation. How about um, how about Bill Priestap? I don't know what the reporting has been on him, but he went to London in 2016 as well. He was Strzok's former May boss. 8th. Where does he fit in yeah. all this? He uh, uh, refused to tell congressional investigators when they questioned him about this. I wrote a column two years ago in The Hill called London Bridges Falling Down, The Curious Origins of the Russia Case. And I, I pointed out then, it was the first time someone had pointed out that all the evidence of Donald Trump collusion, which turned out to be bogus, didn't come from Moscow. It came from London, mostly from people who were tied to Hillary Clinton, Alexander Downer, the Australian diplomat, $25 million donor to the Clinton uh, campaign. Christopher Steele, the British spy. Oh, he happens to work for the Clinton campaign. Uh, uh, May 8th, Bill Priestap, at the very beginning of this investigation, goes to London when he's asked about it in Congress, he says, I can't talk about it. it. has to do with Russia. I won't answer questions. So we know it was Russia related. We don't know what he was doing there. We know Strzok goes there in August of 16. The dirty road to the, hit, uh, the uh, Russia collusion narrative, the false Russia collusion narrative, starts and ends in the city of London in Great Britain. 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing. A couple of days we were all thinking, why would Gina Haspel be blocking? Well, now we know. Um, yeah. So let's talk about uh, what you guys are reporting on Justin News today. About This is now another scandal, but we'll move up to 2019 in the State Department. <laughs> a State Department yeah. officials told uh, they broke the law by monitoring Americans during the Ukraine scandal, is your article. And, and you kind of broke this a little bit with Sean about a month or so ago. I remember seeing That's you right. on there. Um, so what's the update here? So what's important is that when we got the first round of information that went on Sean Hannity about a month ago, uh, the documents were heavily redacted. We knew that they had done some uh, spying on 13 Americans, myself included, Sean Hannity, Lou Dobbs, Laura Ingram, the president's son, Don Jr., uh, and the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, were among the 13 people that they spied on using intelligence software targeting our, our social media accounts. We didn't know why it ended, why it came to an end. What we were told during impeachment by Ambassador Marie Ivanovich was, we stopped it because we ran out of resources. Classic bureaucratic ex explanation. That turns out not to be true. When we got the unredacted materials, I obtained these last night, these unredacted uh, emails, it showed they were ordered to shut it down because they knew they were violating the federal law, the Privacy Act. They weren't allowed to target Americans and their social media accounts using intelligence tools at the State Department. That calls into question Yovanovitch's testimony at impeachment. It also calls into the question the whole FOIA process. Why did you redact this? The answer is to protect the State Department's illegalities. And there's a second reason, because there's a second revelation in the documents. We didn't know why they started monitoring us. Why, why were they monitoring us? We learned from the unredacted sections that one of their concerns was they wanted to combat a storyline that I started in my own writing that Joe Biden, Burisma, was a problem in Ukraine, that it created a conflict of interest. And George Kent writes, as he's getting ready to start monitoring my accounts and Sean's accounts, he writes that one of the reasons they want to combat, they want to combat a narrative because the Burisma-Biden story is a quote-unquote mother load, that's his word, not mine, that could carry on all the way through the November 2020 election. That raises a really serious question. What are career people in Ukraine at our State Department and our embassy worried about Joe Biden's prospects in the 2020 election? That's not their business. Their job is diplomacy and national security. For some reason, they monitored us because they wanted to protect Joe Biden and his November 2020 prospects. That's their words, not mine, their emails. And that's what was redacted a month ago. We couldn't tell you that part because it was hidden. Now we can tell you clearly what happened. Yeah. Well, it's unbelievable. Great reporting on your part. Great stuff at Justin Thanks, News. Uh, congratulations on the partnership with Real America's Voice. We're really excited yeah, about it. Really excited. And as always, thank you for giving us a few moments on the show here tonight. My pleasure. John Solomon here, live from Studio 6B. Lots more to do. We're back right after this. You've seen us on Roku, Dish, Pluto TV, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Join Real America's Voice in these new markets. We're excited to be coming to a city near you. KRID Channel 22, Boise, Idaho. KPVM Channel 25, Las Vegas, Nevada. WBNA Channel 21, Louisville, Kentucky. Channel 113 is coming to Comcast. Chicago, real news and honest views. Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour, Real America's Voice. 
Paul's got the news. Rick Delgado's got a what even is that coming up tonight? Dan, we've been so busy here. I know. Mr. Solomon, I didn't even ask you about it, but uh, and I don't have time to ask about it now. So All right, forget it. Because right now it's time for sports. <laughs> and here at sports is the always well-dressed Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Thank you, Big D. How's, well, the, um, how's the Twitter coming? Uh, coming up here, yeah, I got 130 followers. We're getting there. I that's, appreciate that's, it. That's All not right. good. What's the goal? What's I don't goal? really promote it much either. I, I, you know, at Slick, Slick Rick, Sports. Rick Sports, we got to get at least to 135. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, talk about so, being an influencer. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tweet more. Um, but I, and I do have some great tweeting uh, stories coming up after in the next segment uh, with uh, Mark Cuban and uh, Senator Cruz. They went at it today over the NBA. Uh, but I was a report. I did a little deeper dive on TV ratings, which we touched on last night with the NBA. And uh, going through, I found that the Stanley Cup final TV ratings were down 61% over last year. Wow. Uh, NBC draws 2.15 million viewers as Tampa Lightning beat Dallas Stars in six games. This year's Stanley Cup was the least watched edition of the National Hockey League Champion Crowning Series since 2007, mm-hmm. according to Sports Media Watch. And they can call LeBron and thank him for that. It, it, unbelievable. It's pervasing everything. Yeah. And I'm going to get to the NBA in the next segment, Big D, because they, they, they're really collapsing, too, as we touched on last night. Mm-hmm. But the sports industry website reports that the Tampa Lightning 4-2 series win over the Dallas Stars averaged 2.15 million viewers across the six matches on U.S. Network NBC, representing a 61% drop on last year's seven-game final series between the St. Louis Blues and Boston Bruins. According to the Sports Business Journal, 2.88 million viewers tune in and watch the Lightning secure NHL crown game in, in, in uh, six games on the 20th. September, which Sports Media Watch said uh, was the most watched match of the series, but also lowest rated and least watched series clincher in at least two decades. Um, all told, the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs averaged 953,000 viewers across NBC TV and digital platforms, according to Sports Media, which it said marks a 38% decrease. Because some are saying, well, you know, there's other platforms that they watch the games, which is true. But that was also down 38%, according to Sports Media Watch. So I'm keeping an eye on that site. They got a lot of really good intel. And, and as a big hockey guy, I can tell you that the, the hockey this year, the playoffs, was phenomenal. It was some of the best action I've ever seen in in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but what a shame. Yeah, but yeah. but watching it, didn't you feel like something was missing? Well, not really, no. I know where you're no? going with it, but no, absolutely not. I didn't feel like it one bit. See, and, no, see, and none of the people I know who watch it and love it felt it either. They see, felt like the action, the intensity was just through the roof. No, I'm, th- I'm thinking the energy. I'm, th- I'm thinking because of the lack of fans. Normally, there's a lot of fans in the stands, and, and it's fun to watch all that stuff. And, and I think that, that lends to never, it, that, lends to it that. that energy that, that kind of comes, comes you know, through. Rick, I think I see that more in the NBA. I always felt the NBA, when a team had that home crowd environment, you could really feel it because those fans are literally sitting next to the players on the court and then going up the rafters. So that is usually the bigger home uh, home field or home court, if you will. Uh, the NHL, I kind of agree with Paul. Being a big hockey fan and having been in many playoff games, I also didn't feel the energy was such a big pull uh, from the NHL. And clearly football is a big to-do. Oh, when you watch terrible. Seattle, the oh, 12th man, forget it. It's, it's not uh, the same. I mean, the road teams are just having their way. Yeah, no question. All right, Rick, I don't want to butt in here on your conversation on ticket sales, <laughs> but what else is going on in sports? <laughs> well, last night's Monday Night Football, Kansas City uh, – 
took a beating to New England, 26 to 10. Patrick Mahomes is having an absolute great year. He's the, he's out of the gate looking like an MVP type quarterback. He's got a 114.1 rating through four games, uh, and uh, he's just really on a roll. But there's another guy, Aaron Rodgers, who was rumored was watching our show uh, last week. So if indeed, Aaron, you're out there, you're still the man in Green Bay. I got to tell you, you had a great night last night um, as they took care of business with the Atlanta Falcons, 30 to 16. Aaron went 27 for 33, uh, 327 yards and four touchdowns. He's still got it, Big D, Aaron Rodgers. Love him. Great, great quarterback. He watches on YouTube. Does he? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's something else. Um, and baseball, and New York Yankees had a huge game last night as they clipped the Rays. Well, they didn't clip them. They bombed them, actually, 9-3. to three. That's kind of been their nemesis all year. John Carlos Stanton with a grand slam just out of this world. He also hit a one-run homer about five minutes ago in the uh, second inning where they're tied 1-1 one to one in Game 2. Yankees looking to take a two-game lead there. Um, also, today, earlier, um, the Atlanta Braves beat the uh, Miami Marlins 9-5, to five. Um, so now they're up uh, one to nothing. That happened over at uh, Minute Maid Park in Houston. And later tonight, you got the Dodgers taking on the, the Padres. And there's a, a lot of bad blood there and a great rivalry. So uh, the LA Dodgers looking to be the favorites there. or They are the favorites in the uh, Major League playoffs. So we'll see what happens. They're playing at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Everybody's got neutral sites. Um, and also, the uh, Astros took a two-game lead over the uh, Athletics as they beat the A's 5-2 to two earlier today. Um, George Springer was two for four with three RBIs, and uh, looks like the uh, Astros are making a move as well. And uh, last on this segment, Big D, Twitter removes video of President Trump superimposed in 49ers highlight after copyright claim. Uh, Twitter deleted a video from Trump's campaign account oh Monday God. that featured Trump superimposed uh, in a highlight. Uh, what had, they had was uh, Donald Trump's body was on wide receiver Brandon Ayuk um, as he uh, leaped into the end zone uh, on uh, Sunday Night Football, 25 to 10. And the whole parody was they're showing Donald Trump leaping over coronavirus. So, uh, of course, Twitter <laughs> jumped right on that, and they, they pulled that. Um, and uh, fortunately, I don't have the headlight, but they had uh, the um, highlight of that. But uh, it was quite quite a video. You got to give them credit. They're, they're very clever, the uh, Trump campaign with yeah. those memes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, don't, I don't know that I would be uh, – well, I don't know. I just don't know if it's something that um, a little immature. Well, it's just there's, there's there's a lot of people who didn't get, jump over it, and I'm not, I, I I don't know. Yeah. So I guess they're know. just you know trying to remain relevant in the sports world. I I, I don't know you know what the uh, the objective was there. Um, yeah. But, you know. Anyway, Twitter pulled it down, um, and that's a wrap in the first segment on sports. Big D. All right. Thanks, Rick. Um, lots more to do. Paul's going to do some more news. Rick Delgado's got what even is that? Now I can ask him. No, what I'm not is... telling you now. Forget okay, it. No, very good. Rick will have more sports. <laughs> uh, I've got a couple of good crazy towns to get to. I don't have time. Well, I do have kind of time now. So let's do uh, 128, G. This is, um, so Joe Biden, well, now, yeah, let's do 128. This is the media um, about Trump coming back to the White House. Roll that. President Trump wrote on Twitter, don't be afraid of COVID, don't let it dominate your life. Almost 210,000 Americans are dead. Speaking of outrageous, uh, this outrageous tweet. Oh my goodness, Nicole, when I saw that Trump, I mean, I, I literally was overwhelmed. And now we see this tweet, which is heartless. It is uh, 
cruel. Jake, this is this is so disrespectful. I'm not even sure I can I can speak <laughs> about this. It's incredibly uh, incredibly disrespectful. What does that mean? Don't be afraid of it. I mean, first of all, it, it it's, it's a contagious disease that kills people. There's nowhere to even begin. It's gross. It's such a distressing moment. It's just so horrible, so so destructive mm. to say I feel better than I have in 20 years. That he's saying this is so disrespectful. The president says it's no big deal. I mean, it's outrageous. It is insulting uh, to the people who have lost loved ones. It is insulting to every American who wears a mask. I mean, it's disgraceful, Wolf. It's absurd. Don't tell your supporters, don't be afraid of COVID. Everyone should be afraid of COVID. It's okay to be afraid of COVID. And it's okay that that it's dominating Uh. your life because it has dominated your life. Uh. Are you kidding me? So a uh, hat tip there to Grabian who put that put that cut together. Um, Are you kidding so me? that's that's the that's the reaction over the president saying, "Don't let it you know ruin your life. Make decisions like an adult." Try what to what happened some... after nine eleven? Don't let the terrorists win. Go out and live your life. Yeah, was, yeah. Bomb, buildings falling down around us. Good point. All right, lots to do in hour two. We'll expand on that point. Got a couple other crazy towns that you won't believe especially on Biden's town hall last night with undecided voters. Coming up. Isn't it Trump just... All right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2 on Real America's Voice on a Tuesday night. Glad you're in. If you're on social media, make sure you reshare the show, like the show, Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, our ever-growing audience on YouTube. Do all the things that Paul wants you to do. Smash the likes. Yeah, man, smash Hearts, comments. Set records. Uh, Let's keep the numbers up there on Facebook. Uh, Glad you're in. Lots to do. I want to welcome in some new stations around the country. Nice. Um, That's exciting. That are watching right now going, what the hell am I watching here from 8 to 10? Yeah, why can't can't I turn away? KRID, Channel 22 in Boise, Idaho. Excited about uh, having you guys in. KPVM, Channel 25 in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, And WBNA, Channel 21 in Louisville, Kentucky. Glad you're in as well. Paul Nolan's going to have news. Rick Emirati's going to have more sports. I got another crazy town. I've got some... I have clips of media, specifically uh, Mika Brzezinski <laughs> and Joe Scarborough, that are, um, well, each one of them could serve as a crazy town if I wanted to, but they don't. But I do have another crazy town coming up. But right now, it's time for one of my favorite segments here on the show, and that is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon. Well, it's kind of fitting that I'm going to be going through this particular term tonight because of all the news that is coming up. And of course, we've seen it throughout social media. The term is fact check. Yes, probably the most overused phrase in media today. And the newspaper 
This one is called USA Today. It's an internationally distributed American newspaper. Maybe you heard of it. Founded in 1982 with an approximate daily readership of 2.6 million, is ranked first by circulation on a list of new newspapers in the United States and has been shown to maintain a generally centrist audience distributed in all 50 states, Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, internationally, Asia, Canada, Europe, the Pacific Islands, you name it, USA Today is there. And a few days ago, many of you may not have caught this, but this happened. Read this headline. Fact check. Satirical claim that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals overturned Ginsburg's death. (laughs) Yes, you have read that correct. USA Today, the newspaper I just described to you, actually ran a story based on that headline that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals overturned the death of of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I read that on the show. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That can't be true. And that claim was wa- was made. Wait for it by yes, the Babylon Bee. <laughs> Not what even is that? Right. This is the same Babylon Bee. We've no mentioned way. this before. They're kind of like the Onion. It's strictly known for satire. You know, jokes. Remember those? You know, they they brought us stories. They brought us stories like this this great story about church seniors involved in a low speed street race to get the Golden Corral. That was a great one. They also ran this one, which was which was huge at the time, about the FBI hiring Hiluigi Clintonelli to guard Ghislaine Maxwell. I remember doing that one. But now the Babylon Bee will forever be doing stories like this about USA Today fact-checking because they're going to run stories like, did the priest, the rabbi, and a minister really walk into a bar together? (laughs) Because USA Today actually fact-checked one of the fake stories and then they really rated it satire. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. I am serious, Mr. McEnroe. And it, I mean, it's amazing. When you consider the level of stupidity <laughs> and try to rationalize it, I think we're all left with the same conclusion that the writers and reporters of USA Today must be the same morons who think this is peaceful protesting. I mean, really. How else can you explain this headline, an actual story printed in the USA Today? They even went so far, check this out, to write inside their own story about, well, who is this Judge Kim Wardlaw from the fake story? And so they actually have a quote that there is no record of any Wardlaw opinion on Ginsburg's death on the website. No kidding. But that she participated in a panel discussion about Ginsburg life. That's because this was fake. But there's no mention of reviving D- Ginsburg during the discussion. She's alive. <laughs> alive. Yeah. But don't worry, because they couldn't stop there. They needed to put a little bow on this story, uh, you know, with a conclusion. But of course, it's the picture of their rating, which is satire. So at the end of the real article about a fake article, they wrote, we rate this claim satire based on our research. Yes, they had to do freaking research to tell us that the Ninth Court didn't actually overturn Justice Ginsburg's death and that the claim had no basis in fact. 
All right? Oh, and it is with that that I hope we can, we can inspire everyone out there to join me as we put an end to the term and phrase fact check as USA Today has effectively used this dumb phrase as I don't know, their speedboat towards the <laughs> ramp of inevitability known as jumping the shark. Way to go, USA Today, the Fonzie of newspapers. Yeah, there you All go. Right. Uh, well Rick done. Delgado with what well even is done. that? Nice job. Amazing. Very it's amazing. Well unbelievable. I that can't believe that. <laughs> I thought we... you were kidding at first, Rick. I thought no. you were really kidding that they actually fact-checked. They fact-checked a story. fake story to yeah. let you know that it was fake. Oh, good God. That's uh-huh. And at what point can we just talk about the fact-checkers are all just liberal lunatics with axes to grind yeah. and, and, and agendas to fill? 18 years old, most of them, uh. too. Uh, all right, so we got a lot of news here while Rick was doing that. I was well, I was well, listening to Rick, but I was also trying to um, well, it pull looks up. true. Yes, it is. So uh, let's see here. Twenty-four minutes ago, the President of the United States, I have fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime in American <laughs> history, the Russia hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal. No redactions. That's wow. tweet number one. Wow. Uh, Paul Sperry, who is a former D.C. Bureau Chief for Investors Business Daily, who's a great follow on Twitter, um, he is in the middle of the president's tweets here. So he says, think of it after this first tweet. He's, uh, he said, when all the documents are finally declassified and all the redactions removed from the, from, the rep- from the reports, the nation will see that the FBI and the CIA not only knew the Russia collusion allegations against Trump were a political dirty trick, but that they were in on the trick. Then he says, think of it. The FBI relied on information from a suspected Russian spy to spy on a U.S. presidential advisor and never told the spy court its source was a suspected Russian spy, even though the FBI had sought the same spy warrant on that Russian spy himself just a few years earlier. Uh, He wrote, uh, also outrageous, Showtime's The Comey Rule, which is based on James Comey's memoir, completely omits the fact Special Counsel Mueller found no evidence that Trump or his campaign conspired with Russia, which is the whole damn point of the film. The, the president retweeted because Mueller and his angry 18 angry Democrats were illegally in on the scam. Um, then Mr. Sperry writes, the next SCOTUS pick will likely help the next president. Now you know how bloody this confirmation battle will be. The president said it'll be fast and easy. <laughs> uh, let's see. And uh, that's pretty much it from the president. Other than he says, Chris Wallace is a total joke. <laughs> Protected Joe all night long. He's no Mike, meaning his dad, Mike Wallace. Yeah. All right, so that, that's the news. So the president, 24 minutes ago, saying that he's, he's ordered the declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the Russia hoax. So this this is like this is like opening up the fridge and watching all the uh watching all the bugs scatter. So given that, let's do a <laughs> you can these are this is some of the um this is some of the um commentary on liberal TV shows before this tweet. So you can imagine what you're going to hear tonight. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what you're going to hear tonight. So let's um well, this is the best one. 26, G. This is, um, this is Morning Joe on the president returning to the White House um, after leaving Walter Reed. And here is the analysis. This is why you tune in to Morning Joe. 
to get analysis like this. Roll it. And you're a lawyer. Maybe mm-hmm. the president's yeah. just immune Not from a good everything. One, but yes, I am. Because the president said, me, maybe I'm immune now. Is he legally immune? What if his Secret Service men and women who have to drive him around in these vans and get exposed to his deadly coronavirus? Mm-hmm. What, what if one of them oh, gets sick and die? Well, what if somebody at that <laughs> Rose Garden event Wait. gets sick and dies? I don't want this to happen. Yeah. And I wish for his health. But I'm just wondering, he's pushing all of this against the advice of the profes- professionals in his government, right. against the advice of scientists. Right. At some, some point, isn't this manslaughter i mean you, you, well. you, if you purposefully put people like in a position like, where yeah. you send a vet deadly Terrible, virus yeah. their way mm-hmm. what is that well that is a serious question uh, and i am a lawyer <laughs> that's not the crazy town how is that not a crazy town that is not a serious question wow. whatsoever that is a freak show that is all crazy town re-edit that give us the wow. thing the music that is a total freak show is what uh, that question oh is oh my god yes <laughs> minka needs music isn't that is that um wow. manslaughter that's the analysis that so listen if you're not watching uh MSLSD in the morning. That's what you're missing. Oh, my goodness. That is what you're missing. Isn't it manslaughter? Mika Brzezinski. He's like running people over with his truck of of coronavirus and running them down. It's like manslaughter. Here's, um, it it doesn't stop at MSNBC. Let's go over to CNN. Our favorite John Berman in the morning. Cut 25G. Here's Mr. Berman trying to handle the situation. Roll it. We're looking at 210,000 Americans dead. We're seeing a rise in new daily cases. And the president, in that Sunset Boulevard gesture, whipped his mask off in front of the American people on the nightly news last night. So, as a doctor whose job it is, you know, take it off. Please, don't even put it on the screen. Please take it off. Because that's going to kill people. <laughs> that's going to kill people. <laughs> that's going to kill people. Oh, my God. That's going to oh, kill people, cool. says John Berman. Did you hear Cuomo's rant? Oh, we have that too. Oh, Cuomo. Which, which Cuomo? Because, Chris Cuomo. Chris, this is the guy, yes. This is the guy who was out gallivanting while he was sick. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is the guy who comes out of his like he was a groundhog coming out of the basement, like yeah. to say, "I get to see my family. I haven't seen." He's grandstanding, and then they say that this guy's like a dictator. Knew all his pictures of Obama on date night, and oh my god, I can't take it anymore. I, this yeah, so gonna, I don't have time to play Cuomo here, but this I, job's I also kill me. I was also reminded. That Chris Cuomo went on TV, I think after the first or second night, maybe it was the end of his first week of having the disease, and he was almost um, delusional talking about it. And um, I mean, it's just, it's just laughable. I heard my family. Their upstairs. own double standard that they right. have. Yeah, right. And, and, and not only that. And I missed them so. And, and this not is only my that. first time seeing my family. I'm emerging from my basement. Yeah, except for the time <laughs> that he got busted in the Hamptons by the guy on the bicycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> seeing him out, seeing him out on the beach. Rage. Yeah. And remember, that wasn't the first time he had, right. ro- he had bike rage or road rage or party Roid, rage. Roid yeah. rage. We had him... Uh, well, it's funny you say Royd because that's another one of the things I got coming up. You won't believe it. You just won't believe it. All right, we'll follow more breaking news if the president tweets anything else about declassifying more information. I have another crazy town coming up. More sports, more news, and manslaughter, and more manslaughter videos <laughs> from Mika. <laughs>
Brzezinski. She is nuts. on Roku, Dish, Pluto TV, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Join Real America's Voice in these new markets. We're excited to be coming to a city near you. KRID Channel 22, Boise, Idaho. KPVM Channel 25, Las Vegas, Nevada. WBNA Channel 21, Louisville, Kentucky. Channel 113 is coming to Comcast. Chicago, real news and honest views. Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice as it continues to spread around the country. Welcoming those new um, new networks covering the uh, taking the network all day long. So yeah, we're very good, sorry. Good to see. Yeah, sorry for what you have to endure <laughs> from eight to ten every night. But that's just the way it is. So, um, well, let's get to the other crazy town here before we get to news with Paul G. So last night, Joe Biden did a town hall, and it's billed as a town hall of undecided voters. It was billed that way all night. The, um, can't think of the guy who hosted it. Uh, Lester Holt. Lester Holt, thank you. Lester Holt, every time they came in for commercial, says we're here with uh, uh, undecided voters. It was billed as undecided voters. Well, that leads us to Crazy Town edition 129. Roll it, G. Town hall meeting with former Vice President Joe Biden taking questions from undecided voters. Peter Gonzalez has next question. Uh, welcome to Miami, Mr. Vice President. Um, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and I've been living in Coral Gables for the last 20 plus years. We get four more years of Trump. Oops. Good luck. And good luck with the future attracting younger voters. Let's go to Ismail Eliano, who voted for Hillary Clinton four years ago, but has voted Republican in the past. What's your question for Mr. Biden? Hi, Mr. Vice President. Things uh, you know, that, that, that Joe Biden said during his speech that resonated with me was, you know, what defines America's possibility. Mateo Gomez joins us now. Uh, First-time voter, came to the U.S. from Colombia at age two. Welcome. Spent a lot of time in Colombia. Thank you, Lester, for the introduction. After watching the debate, Mateo Gomez told us he really didn't feel like Oops. he got a whole lot out of it, and it really did not do a lot to help him. If you had to pull the trigger and vote for someone tomorrow, how would you vote? Probably Biden, in the sense. It would be <laughs> one, because just how unpresidential the whole entire debate was. So, uh... There's three people who were at the undecided voters town hall last night who were on the damn network that hosted it earlier months saying they're voting for Biden. So how are they undecided if the network that's hosting the debate had these people on other shows in the past saying they're voting for Biden? Well, this, these are like crisis actors. Like, you know? That's crazy town. Yeah. That is exactly what they are. They, they already have them in the queue. They've got their phone number. They know who they are. They're friends. They're, they're, they know them through people. Hey, we can call on this person. Uh, we have to wait a month before we call them back so people don't remember their face. <laughs> That's the way it works. It's, I, I, I say this every night. It's like these people forget that we can go back and look at footage from before, past shows. 
They have undecided voters. All three of them have been on MSNBC before on other things saying they're voting for Biden. Well, that was when they had decided. Now they undecided just so they can get on the show. Okay. Right. Maybe that's how it works. Right. I mean, it's just it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, All right. Let's do some news here with uh, Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? All right. Well, uh, Chinese regime's espionage operations around the world have been accelerating over the past decade and are now off the scale, an analyst warned. His warning comes at a time when the U.S. federal prosecutors announced a new China-related case almost every week. In the past two months, a New York City police officer was arrested and accused of spying on the Tibetan community for a Chinese consulate. Five Chinese nationals were charged for allegedly hacking more than 100 companies and entities worldwide. A Chinese researcher at UCLA was charged with destroying evidence on a hard drive to hamper an investigation into whether he had transferred sensitive software to China. A NASA researcher was arrested and accused of hiding his funding from China. And the former CIA officer was arrested for allegedly spying for China for a decade. And, and there's so many more of these, like the, you know, the uh, consulate in Houston, where they found out the Chinese government was... You know, su- supporting Antifa and BLM movements. There's just been so much of it. So it's just nice people are waking up. Okay. Well, you know, it's another, it's just another thing that Joe Biden was not asked about last night. Again, this, you know, this is what I keep saying to people who watch this show, and I hope you spread the word. This guy wants to be the president. And the only thing we know is his 110 page manifesto that Bernie Sanders, AOC plus three, and him put out. Whether he knows what's in there or not is debatable. But I can tell you this. He's got other plans that are not in there. What's in there is bad enough. But he's got stuff that's not in there, and he's just waiting to get elected. And we know nothing about it. We know nothing about his his defending the positions that are in that, and we know nothing about anything else because he's never asked any of these questions. Lester Holt didn't ask him anything about China in any substan- substantial way. No, Nothing about his son. Nothing about any of things surrounding anything that he's involved with. No questions about, is Joe going to pack the courts? Nothing about the Supreme Court. This guy wants to be president. We're 26, 27, whatever the hell it is, days out. He's given no answers to any questions that he does get asked, which is few and far between that he gets a serious question. Other than how he's feeling, what he's wearing, what he had for breakfast, what kind of coffee he likes. What does he think is in Donald Trump's soul? He got asked that. What? What, what flavor of Muselex he likes? Nothing. I mean, I don't know. They think they can pull him across the finish line, obviously. And you yeah. know what's amazing is that, that he never did answer. When, remember when Trump in the debate, early on in the debate, he said, we have it all on tape, Joe. You were there. You, you, you suggested the Logan Act to go after Flynn. And when he said you were on tape... And we have it. You could see, I remember this because I just remember Biden's head just dropping like, like he, he can't even, he can't even look up because he can't say anything. So it, it would be amazing to, to hear him respond to something like that. Or even maybe this question, Hey, what's Hunter up to these days? Does he have a job? How does he make money? Because we know when he was in, when Biden was the vice president, Hunter was, was doing gangbusters. But what has he done since 2016? Does he have any of these contracts? I'm sure with his vast knowledge of gas and, and energy, he's probably pulling in bucks from all over the world, you know, consulting. Yeah. 
The president just tweeted, new FDA rules make it more difficult for them to speed up vaccines for approval before Election Day. Just another political hit job. And he, and he tweeted at Stephen Hahn, director of the F, uh, FDA. So clearly, it looks like um, we're not going to see a vaccine here approved before the election, which I don't know if he thought it was going to come before or not, but whatever he's talking about here. He says new FDA rules. I don't know when they were put in place, but we'll uh, we'll keep tracking that as well. All right, what else, Paul? Uh, President Donald Trump on Tuesday said he opposes a proposal from Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden to pass a national abortion law. This is what he was quoted as saying on Twitter. Wow, Joe Biden just took a more liberal position than on Roe v. Wade than Elizabeth Warren at her highest. Um, yeah. Biden tweeted he'll make it the law of the land. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is even like uh, Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, a Democrat, last year appeared to say that killing a baby who had already been born would be fine under state legislative proposals. Uh, A number of Democratic lawmakers support abortion up until birth, a position supported by a minority of Americans, according to the surveys. Um, You know, it's just, uh, once again, more centralized power. Um, They need a history lesson on federalism okay what Uh, else is going on i guess uh you know we've been all over this but uh devin nunez the former chairman of the house intelligence committee said tuesday that the cia held withheld information in 2018 from his panel showing the concerns that hillary clinton's campaign may have concocted in the well we did this a million times well Uh, no that we didn't actually do that devin nunez was on with john solomon today as a matter of fact that's well he's probably on with a lot of people i wrote this i read this one this morning around 7 a.m i I printed that one up so it's kind of old news already which is scary well he was on with john solomon um at least i saw him on with john solomon and uh, on real america's voice today and he was talking about just that saying how have we gone three and a half years and we're just finding out about this now all right, live from Studio 6B, more to do. Glad you're in Real America's Voice. Stay with us. More news coming up. You've seen us roast Dish, Pluto TV, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Join Real America's Voice in these new markets. We're excited to be coming to a city near you. KRID Channel 22, Boise, Idaho. KPVM Channel 25, Las Vegas, Nevada. WBNA Channel 21, Louisville, Kentucky. Channel 113 is coming to Comcast. Chicago, real news and honest views. Real America's Voice. All right, live from Studio 6B. 30 minutes past the hour. Glad you're in. John Solomon joined us an hour ago, and he was fantastic, as he always is, talking about declassifications of uh, John Ratcliffe and uh, some other things that they're reporting on. So speaking of just the news, I just go there now and I see this grand jury indicts Mark and Patricia McCloskey, St. Louis couple who defended home amid, uh, amid demonstrations. McCloskey's attorney has yet to see the indictment or get his phone call returned from the circuit attorney. St. Louis couple Mark and Patricia McCloskey have reportedly been indicted by a grand jury seated by St. Louis uh, Circuit Prosecutor Kim Gardner's office in connection with them defending their home this summer amid Black Lives Matter protest. Joel Schwartz, McCloskey's attorney, told Just the News on Tuesday night that the indictment is called a suppressed indictment 
and that he's unaware of what it states. Quote, I am told by sources that this is a supposed indictment, which makes no sense to me. We had a hearing this morning in court. The hearing was canceled. Then I was contacted by sources who learned my clients were indicted. I reached out to the circuit attorney's office. I have read to receive a response, said Joel Swartz to Just the News. Gardner charged the McCloskeys with flourishing a weapon in connection with the June 28th incident in which social justice protesters entered the couple's private gated community during a demonstration and marched past their home. Gardner charged the McCloskeys um, and the McCloskeys have said they went outside with a gun because they feared for the safety of themselves and of their home. Missouri GOP Governor Mike Parson said in July that he was prepared to exercise his pardon powers if prosecutors bring criminal charges in the case. As previously reported by Justin News, Gardner's campaigns have received tens of thousands of dollars from a political action committee financed by, guess who, billionaire George Soros. He's the one who pretty much put her in that office. Gardner has had several controversies since she assumed the office. In January 2017, she opened a criminal investigation into the then uh, Missouri GOP governor, Eric Greitens. Several months later, she was forced to drop the charges for lack of evidence. In the aftermath, the out-of-state former FBI agent she hired to conduct the Greitens probe has been indicted on seven felony counts in connection with perjury and evidence tampering. So it gives you a little idea of where Kim Gardner's coming from. And um, I don't know where this is going to go, but I would think that Governor Mike Parsons is going to stick to his word. And at the first moment he has to step in and put an end to this ridiculousness, he will. But that's, uh, that's just, it's just unbelievable. I mean, me and my wife are going to be them for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Okay, good. That's a good one. Um, So, well, we spent a little time on, um, oh, you want, let's get to Chris Cuomo before I do this Gina Haspel article. So, Chris Cuomo, as I've already played for you, the Mika Brzezinski manslaughter uh, conversation, uh, Chris Cuomo also watched the president return to the White House. And uh, here's how that went. Cut 23, G, roll it. But the fact that you ignored the testing, have access to testing every day, you didn't even use it. Makes no sense that he just got it Thursday. Find a doctor who shows you it makes sense. And that person is BS. My kids, your kids, this stupid hybrid learning. It's not learning, it's unlearning. No tests, one case, whole school closes down. Why? No resources, can't contact trace. No sophistication of thought about it, no help. Imagine if we had access to what he had access to that he ignores, that he abuses. Life would be totally different. He didn't just walk into the White House one time with no mask tonight. He had his video crew capture that stupid scene again so he could put out propaganda, fronting a lie to his people. Once again, just like, don't worry about the mask. Now he says, don't worry about COVID. Don't let it control your life. Just propaganda. (laughs) That's all it is. I know this sound to it. I'm not going to play it for you. Why should I? Because you need now, listen, bullshit that you need in your life. Oh, I was going to say, just oh. listen to this foul Don't mouth. Don't let COVID control your life. 
Nobody wants it to control their life. They don't have any choice because you're not setting up communities with the testing that you take for granted. A hospital suite and 24-hour care and experimental drugs and all the best of everything all the time. And I'm not saying he shouldn't have it. I'm saying you should. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Isn't that are. his damn job is to kill himself? You know, he loves to work. Then do the work. A leader. A leader would go. A leader would go and do everything you're not supposed to do and force people into places where they can get sick. We've never had uh, Hold get it. Sick. Uh, stop it right there. Yeah. Stop it right there. <laughs> this is the brother. Hello, pot. Of, <laughs> calling the kettle black. Of the governor of New York who mandated putting COVID positive patients Elderly into long-term patients. nursing facilities. And he is ranting about putting pl- people places where they could get sick. That is how <laughs> out of touch and just Easy. tone deaf Chris Cuomo is in this rant. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> yeah, tell it to the people in the Rose Garden, the only place we can reasonably contact Trace. Tell it to your brother. Who the hell knows who's at his rallies? How are you going to find them? You think they're going to come forward and say, I got sick of a Trump rally? He takes off his mask while he's still infected. Like, that's some show of strength. It's as weak as it gets. How so? Of course you should be afraid of COVID. It's killed more than 200,000, what, 210,000 of us. Don't be afraid of COVID. 10,000 have died in the last 13 days. Don't be afraid of COVID. It just took down the most powerful and protected person in the world. He had to go to the hospital. His continued recklessness makes it impossible to be sympathetic. And the Academy Award for the most <laughs> grandstanding yeah. goes to Chris Cuomo. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's what passes as primetime news on CNN. This is the guy who is gallivanting all around the Hamptons, which nobody wants him there. Gallivanting with it, without a mask, getting into a fight with his neighbor when his right. neighbor called him out. Right. This yeah. is the guy who says the grandstanding came up out of his basement with, to a live news crew <laughs> saying, I missed my family so much I needed to leave my basement. Yeah, it's, okay. It's right. almost it's right. He it's the same guy basement. with a giant Q-tip waving it on TV saying he's going to shove it up his brother's nose, you know, to do the test. With a brother who killed more people than any place else. Yeah. More deaths in states, all the other, almost all the other states combined. Cuomo the In killer. New York mandated sending positive patients into long-term elderly care facilities. He's the Cuomo virus. It's like you, you almost have to think that part of getting hired to be on TV at CNN, you have, to be, you have to be a member at the Screen Actors Guild. If you don't have your equity card, you can't get a show on CNN. It's unbelievable. That's not brave. It's weak. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let's all do our best Cuomo impersonation. Let's watch it like overnight. Our job will be to all do our best impersonation of him tomorrow night. But that's not the worst take of the week. No way. Twenty Twenty one, G. It better not get worse. This is the worst take. It better not get worse. Roll that. It's the steroids talking, Donald. That's <laughs> Hey, you're roided out right now. You, you, I know you can't stay away from cameras. You probably should. I yelled at the neighbor once. She got roided out. You get roided out. You say really stupid things. Yeah. Now listen, you you you're saying roided out that you're like I don't know maybe I'm immune from it. 
Hey, oh Donald, Donald, could you tell all the roids that are raging through your body that your own doctor said, quote, he's not out of the woods yet? Would you let those roids know that? Yeah. Would you also tell those roids yeah. that you're not healthier than you've been in 20 years? Maybe the roids are whispering into your ear and they're saying that you are strong. Now, you're actually <laughs> still a frail, obese over what, I mean, not just mildly obese. You're in really bad shape. It's Physically, morbid. you you have like you morbid. have underlying conditions, perhaps an underlying heart condition. We don't know exactly what happened when you went to Walter Reed last year. But if you look at your medical records, calcium deposit in your blood, I think, is up. And you're not you're not well. Oh my God! Wow, that's that's the that's probably the worst take of the week. <laughs> that's oh, sick. this wow. is that's the guy who killed his houseboy. This is somebody who looks like, as the great one says, should be playing the banjo on the bridge in Deliverance. I mean, Joe he, Scarborough with that haircut. He, it looks like his forehead and his head were just growing this way, and his face was shrinking <laughs> in this way. Yeah, and this is again. This is why when the president goes after, do you think the president wants to go after Joe and thinks, does, do you think the president thinks that Joe Scarborough killed the intern? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know, but I don't think so. Oh, but I don't think it. it, it doesn't matter. Oh, he's a killer. What Be, the hell? I'm going to play this game too. Yeah. You can't call the president of the United States the, the names that they do every morning. The most vile, vicious attackers are the two of them. Every morning. No wonder why there's road rage in the morning going to work. People watch this crap and they get on the road. And- well, no, actually people don't. There's about 10 people who watch them, right. at least based on their rate. Do you know, I saw the ratings for T. Do you know where CNN actually comes in with their first show on the top 100 uh, Nielsen rated shows? I think the top one, I think, comes in at 40. No way. I think so. Even yeah. with all the Trump hate? They don't even register. I think till about, was it 20 or 40? It's either 20 or 40. I'll go back and look. But MSNBC, you know, Maddow actually gets ratings and some things get ratings. CNN gets no ratings. None. Despite being Morning in Joe every gets airport. no ratings. Morning Joe gets no ratings. They got two, 300,000 people watching. That's it. If that. Tucker's got 5 million every night. They Guys, have maybe two, three hundred thousand in the morning. And note, by the way, note to our audience: please DVR him and don't watch him until we're done. <laughs> morning drive is the most sought-after time there is. If you oh, can't yeah. pull an audience, I mean, ask go go ask Howard Stern what you can pull in the morning. Go go look back in the days of Imus, what he pulled from six to ten a.m. on WNBC. Forget even before syndication. There's ten million people listening to him. There's 15, 20 million people listening to Howard every morning. These guys pull 200,000 on MSNBC. And that, and that means their ad revenue is low, which means you can, you can buy 200 commercials probably for what you'd spend on other shows for the, one. Remember when Howard was funny, you know, like 18 years well, ago? That was a long time ago. Very long time ago. Well... I mean, but this, it's just one attack after another. I heard, that was vicious. I heard Nancy Pelosi. Horrible. Now, think about this. Nancy Pelosi was on talking about making sure you wear your mask. This is a woman <laughs> who in California went Ill- illegally to a salon, and we see her coming out of the chair. She's not wearing a mask. Joe Biden, for all the talk he does, I think it was from today. I see a picture of him walking out today somewhere. He's not wearing a mask. 
How about that animal Paula, whatever, the blonde? Paula Reed. She was called, taking off a mask in the White House. Oh, no, that was the girl. That's Caitlin Collins. Caitlin Collins. Yeah. Oh, same thing. from Studio 6B. One more social media break. Sports, when we get back, wrap it up for Tuesday night. Great show so far. seen us on Roku, Dish, Pluto TV, Apple TV, and Amazon Fire TV. Join Real America's Voice in these new markets. We're excited to be coming to a city near you. KRID Channel 22, Boise, Idaho. KPVM Channel 25, Las Vegas, Nevada. WBNA Channel 21, Louisville, Kentucky. Channel 113 is coming to Comcast. Chicago, real news and honest views. Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Glad you're in. Want to welcome KRID, Channel 22 in Boise, Idaho. KPVM, Channel 25 in Las Vegas. WBNA, Channel 21, Louisville, Kentucky. Welcome on in. Of course, especially Comcast in Chicago 113. This is, I believe, week four. They've been in. So uh, live from Studio 6B, weeknights 8 to 10 right here on Real America's Voice. If you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Periscope, welcome on in as well. Glad you've been with us. Great show. John Solomon joined us in hour one. Uh, Paul's had some good news tonight. Rick did a great What Even Is That? That'll be up on social media uh, here later tonight, maybe. Thank you. And, and, and uh, uh, hey, checking in from uh, Idaho, believe it or not, Rockabilly Chick. Okay. first. I, that? I think it's first night in, in Idaho. Been watching nice. from the Potato State for a while now. Oh, for a while, so yeah. maybe on uh, something else. But she, I guess she heard us talk about Idaho and uh, wanted to say hey. Okay, KRID, Channel 22 in Boise, Boise Idaho, now uh, takes Real America's voice as well. So, All right, let's do some sports here. Uh, I'm sure the people in Idaho are into sports. Uh, with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Well, here's some breaking news. WNBA Finals. Don't you WNBA do Finals. Seattle Storm over the Las Vegas Aces, 92-59, to to win the championship three games to none. What? what oh, um, good God. What's, what's TV <laughs> ratings are three. What sport is this? <laughs> yeah, WNBA, Women's National Basketball Association. Oh, please. Final. Right. The same yeah. night as uh, the NBA Finals. Um, right now, Miami over uh, the Lakers, 33-29. Jimmy Butler leads so all So all nine people watching the Literally. WNBA changed over to the NBA? Yeah, well, I got some news Getting from one of my Twitter. to 18? Yeah. Big Paul, I got I got uh, some news from uh, one of my Twitter followers, um, and forgive me, I'm going to butcher this poor guy's name, but it's B. Maklo Yerbamik. Um, oh, you did good. He's, he said that. <laughs> thanks, G. Come on, let me roll here. Uh, so Black Lives Matter. Um, it was uh, Adam Silver sat down with NBA Countdown earlier this week and said that they're going to be leaving the Black Lives Matter's messages off the jerseys and off the floors next year. So apparently they're getting the message. Uh, this is Adam Silver, the commissioner, who sat down with uh, NBA huh. Countdown earlier really? this week. Wow. Yep. I you, know, you, you know who he sat down before he sat down with NBA Countdown? Probably. He yeah, sat the down with the damn paid. owners who said, um, enough. Adam. Yeah, that's what they said. We're having heartburn every time we see the damn ratings come in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, as we discussed last night, that game three um, that uh, only had 5.9 million viewers, which is uh, one of the all-time low for an NBA final. And with no competition, they couldn't use the excuse, well, you know, the NFL or Friday night, you know, it's just, you know, the whole thing is really uh, falling apart at the seams, Um, which leads me to another story. Uh, So Senator Ted Cruz and Mark Cuban got into a little spa earlier today over NBA viewership. Um, Just stick with me on this. So... um, uh, Ted Cruz and Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban went head-to-head on Twitter Tuesday over reports that the third night of the NBA Finals on Sunday night hit a record low for the number of viewers, with Cruz attributing the slump to basketball teams turning every game into a left-wing political lecture, end quote. The Texas Senate started by retweeting an article from conservative political commentator uh, Sean Kennedy on Sunday night's Lakers Heat game. The event had approximately 5.94 million viewers, the least-watched NBA's final game on record, according to Sports Media Watch. Not surprising, Cruz tweeted. Personally speaking, this is the first time in years that I haven't watched an, a single NBA Finals game. And he uh, put hashtag go woke, go broke. Many conservative <laughs> sports fans have pushed back against NBA players' public calls for racial justice. Cuban responded to Cruz's first tweet on Tuesday, rooting for their business to do poorly. In addition to the Mavericks, Texas is also home to Houston Te- Rockets and San Antonio Spurs. This is who you are, Ted Cruz. Every minute of your life, this is exactly who you are, Cuban tweeted. In response, Cruz tweeted, I love that Houston Rockets and have rooted for them my entire life. I happily <laughs> cheer for the Spurs and Mavericks against any non-Texas team. But, Mark Cuban, the NBA is engaged in a concerted effort to, one, insult their fans, and two, turn every game into a left-wing political. That's dumb. Um, so, of course, you know, Cuban came back with a, you haven't watched the game of the finals. How would you know what, uh, what is being said or done? Cuban replied, since when the desire to end racism and insult uh, uh, anyone political. Anyway, Cruz opted with the last word, and what he said was, uh, replying to Cuban and claiming uh, to the Mavericks owner, loved his fan- I-, I wish he loved his fans as much as he loves Chinese money, end quote. And, and, uh, and Cuban didn't re- respond to that. Cuban did not respond. So, you know, that was it. Uh, kudos to uh, Senator Cruz. He did a great job on that. Well, Cruz um, could have ended that discussion at any point in the Twitter back and forth. All you have to say is, well, do you denounce what China's doing in Hong Kong? Right. Yeah. Conversation's over. Yeah. He would disappear. You'd he never did. hear from him again. Yeah, as soon as you, soon as you say China, camps. boom. Conversation's over. Yep. That's yep. it. Deal breaker. So that's your out at any time in a conversation with anybody from the NBA. Do you support what China's doing right now in Hong Kong? That's it. Conversation's over. Yep. You won't hear from them. Go on about your day. <laughs> yep. And uh, one last on the, on the ratings. As I said, I did a d- deep dive earlier today. And uh, the U.S. Open, the ratings were down 45% over 2019. Now, granted, there was a few big names that didn't play this year, like Rafael Nadal. And, of course, we know Novak Djokovic got shot out earlier after uh, accidentally hitting a ball to a ju- hitting a judge with the ball, which really was he recklessly. Did it, he did it again, by the way. He did oh, it again. In the French? Yeah. Wow. This one was a little bit, looked like a little bit more of an accident. I think the ball was still in play. I saw the highlight. But it was, he was kind of out of reach, and he went, and he just kind of reached for it, and bam, nailed the guy right in the head. That might be a better game. Dodgeball tennis. <laughs> so, 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 Big D, some of our followers took me to school a little bit last night when I did say they'll come around, and that's what forced me to go and do a deep dive. And I have to say, on second, on second take, they may not come around. And, that, uh, that's your, is that's your new show, Rick. Second take. With yeah, Rick there's Aaron. already a first take, so you'll have to go right. second take. Yeah. Yep. So upon second take... 
you're uh, agreeing with where I was last night that these losers have ruined it. Yep. And you can see the NBA is already retracting now. See, Black Lives Matter, they're going to pull all that, that business off uh, for next year. So we'll see if they follow through on their promise, if they're even around next year, the way it's going. I wonder how many people are watching tonight. We'll have a report on that tomorrow night. Not good. Yep. Not good. People won't stand for it. Nope. They just will not stand for it. They can Players can tell us all day long, it's not about the flag, it's not about this, it's you don't understand, blah, blah, blah. Not, not going to work. Not, you, can make your, you can try to believe that. You can talk to yourself and make you believe that it's just people don't yeah. – people who live in this country know better. Yeah. Well, that's they know because, what people have given up for this country to be the country it is. That's because the players live in a bubble. You know, they're playing in a bubble, but they actually live in a bubble of other millionaires and people that think that they do like they do and they all agree, oh, the world should be this way. But it's not really that way. It can't ever be that way, but it should be. And anybody who doesn't think that way, oh, my goodness, we should just, you know, they should just throw them in jail. They actually believe if you don't think the same way as they do, you should be in jail or something. That's the crazy part. Well, these sports guys, I mean, they just this whole thing is based on something that, again, I know sometimes data and the facts get in the way. We've talked about it on the show. Go read Liz McDonald. Elizabeth McDonald, if you want the stats on policing in this country, if you want all the numbers, you want all the data, you want all of the everything, their entire argument of what they're arguing for does not exist on the level that they claim. Are there bad apples? Absolutely. Is what we saw with George Floyd? Absolutely. But their overall argument for why they say they're kneeling is just not there. Mm-hmm. The data is not there. Not there. So, all right. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, Chief. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to John Solomon for joining us tonight. Tomorrow night. A very important vice presidential debate. We will cover it for you. We will see you then, 8 p.m. Right here, live from Studio 6B. We'll have the whole debate for you, and we'll be here before, after, and in between. We will uh, see you then, live from Studio 6B. We'll see you tomorrow night.